So, the Holy Spirit put in my heart to talk about love for the brethren. Hallelujah. Love for the brethren. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, love for the brethren. Turn to your neighbor and say, love for you. And turn to say, neighbor, do you really love me? <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise God! In John chapter number 13, verse 40, 34 to 35, listen to what Jesus said. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Lord. If you have an experience with God, don't disconnect. Hallelujah. The only thing I say is that don't speak loud so that you can interfere with what I'm saying. But just have your experience quietly where you are sitting. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter number 13, verse 34 to 35. He said, a new commandment I give to you that, you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also ought to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another. He said, by this, people will know that you are my disciple. The greatest downfall of a church is a lack of understanding of this scripture. The spirit of the world is selfishness, but the spirit of God is love. Anyone that claims to be empowered by the spirit of God must walk in that reality. You see, I believe that there is a difference between a believer and a disciple. Truly believe that. That there is a big difference between a believer and a disciple. What caused us to know a believer is in Mark 16. He said, this sign shall follow they that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall speak with new tongues. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name they shall speak new. These are signs for believers. Hallelujah. I say these are signs for believers. And those signs that follow you don't make you necessarily Christ-like. Hallelujah. Because we have come to a place where even the children of Satan are also doing miracles. Now, what is a, what is a, I say a believer is the one that walks in signs because he believes in the name of Jesus and the signs are done in the name of Jesus. A disciple. A disciple is the one that submits to the discipline and the training of a word and live a Christ-like life. So a disciple is one that submits to the training of the word, hallelujah, to the discipline and the training of the words, and live a Christ-like 
life. Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter number six, verse 40, he said, a disciple is not a higher than his teacher, but everyone, when he's fully trained, will be like his master. So a disciple is somebody that is like Jesus. And the Bible says, as he is, so are we. But the thing that the, the book of 1 John was talking about was love. He said, God is love. So as he is, so are we in this world. So as, as he is love, so are we love in this world. You need to understand that if the dimension of love is not in the life of somebody, it becomes boastful, it becomes prideful, it becomes selfish, he holds on to the anointing to give himself an identity. So his identity is confined in the anointing. That's why such a person will make you feel that he's greater than you because he has the anointing. It means that his identity is twisted. His identity is twisted. So you need to understand that such a person that is just holding on to the anointing is holding on to his own lifting. Hallelujah. What is love? Let me define it. There are 11 components of love that is confined in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, verse 4 to 7. I want us to go there. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. Just come, come and see me, my daughter, come. The Lord is not through with you today. My God. Touch her! Okay, he's going to give you what love is. Let's read. Number one, love is patient and kind. Number two, love does not envy or boast. Number three, it is not arrogant or rude. Number four, it does not insist on its own way. Number five, it is not irritable or resentful. Number six, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Number seven, but rejoice with the truth. Number eight, love bears all. Number nine, love believes all, all things. Number 10, hope all things. Number 11, endure all things. So this is what the description of love is. Love is patient. So impatience is a sign of lack of love. Yes. When you say, me, I'm impatient, it's a sign of lack of love. Because to what who are you impatient? Impatience is a lack of discernment of the condition of the other person. Because that person that you cannot bear anymore because you are impatient, you don't know 
the struggle of that person. But I will say God is full of patience with us. And then we, his children, we are not patient. Which DNA do you have? Love is patient. I say love is patient. Some people are being killed by impatience. One time I preached on this sermon and I, I talked about one of my friends. He came to me and said, yo, I'm so impatient. When I go to the loo, I flash before I finish. <laughs> I can't wait. I tell how impatient. The man went to his pastor. I said, Pastor, I have a problem. He said, what's your problem? I can't bear. I'm so impatient. I need prayer. The pastor said, when? He said, now. He said, go back. <laughs> what is that? What is that? There's a noise. Tristan, do you hear the noise I'm hearing? It's like something. I don't know if it's me hearing it. You don't hear it. So I don't know if it's my shirt, that's that's what I'm trying to pull my shirt everywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So patience is a quality that is missing in this world. We are all we have coming, we have come to a place where they say time is money. Time is money. Therefore, I must run after time because I'm running after money. No, you don't check what I'm saying. Time is what? So what are you running after? No, you're not running after time. You're running after money. And I'm not saying be lazy. But there is something that we have. The principle time is money is not stated by God. It's the spirit of this world. Yes. The Bible talking about time, it says, redeem the time for the times are evil. Yes. Now you turn that evil into money. So people are impatient because they feel they have to achieve something on a certain time. Therefore they have to be quick, 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 quick and achieve. And then after you have achieved, does God say, well done, or you say to yourself, I've done it? So you need to understand that we need to balance this thing. Time is in the hands of God. And everything you do in the will of God, you are buying time. And everything you do outside the will of God, you are wasting time. So your patience is to walk according to God's speed, not your own speed. I want, I want, I want it so bad. I want, want what? I see them. 80% of a Christian lose the flavor of Christianity 
at the red robot. When the robot turns green and the arrow is there and the guy in front of you is on his cell phone, wow. Then you feel like running over him. You just hoot, you just. You know, I'm not excusing wrong behavior because you shouldn't be on your phone when you are driving. But maybe, maybe the person you are angry with is taking an emergency call. And he couldn't discern that the robot is green. And maybe God was delaying you for you to escape the accident that is in front of you. Have you thought of that? That sometimes the delay can spare you from accidents. You know, sometimes we are traveling and we want to leave at a certain time and we delay. We leave later. And when we go, there's a big accident in front of us. And I say, Lord, we would have been in this accident if it was not for you keeping us a bit back. People, I wanted to be discerning. So you, 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 you say to God, patience is part of the fruit of the Holy Ghost maturity in me, according to your own ways. He's kind. Love is kind. Some people are unkind. Hallelujah. Love does not envy. People are envying. They envy the anointing. They envy the testimonies of other people. They envy the breakthroughs of other people. They envy the situation of other people. Envy works like this. When you envy, you think the person having it is not worth having it. You are the one that should have it. So it feels like you were robbed. So you want your thing back. It's envy. The Bible does not talk about envy, it talks about desire. It says desire the gift of the spirit. It doesn't say envy the gift of the spirit. Desire means, Father, thank you. And I'm trusting you for you to load me with this for the purpose of your kingdom. It's a desire. Envy calls you not to sleep. We envy people in the church until we envy the people of the world. We envy their money. We envy something about them. We say they know better. They know what? They don't know better. They made the money, but they know nothing. I've been to the hospital several times where I've stood next to people that are about to exit from this world. And when I look at them, I realize money means almost nothing. Because at that time, you don't even think of your wife, don't think of house, you don't think of car, don't think of money, you are gone. You are, you are lying there, you are not dead yet, but you are in between the two worlds already. People, I want to tell you that if we are not awakening, we are not coming back to the reality of a thing that God's treasures are bigger than the treasure of this world. We will, we will give ourselves pains that means nothing. Is acquiring wealth bad? No. It's when you make the wealth a God that is bad. When we think if we don't have it, we cannot survive. There is a problem with us. 
Envy. Envy. People are arrogant and rude. They are arrogant. They are arrogant. You know, the Lord told me something. I woke up in the morning, he said, look at what is happening in the body of Christ. I said, what is that? And he showed me people preaching. And he said, do you see what they are doing? I said, what is that? He said, the preaching is about them. I said, no, Father, they are lifting you up. He said, no, you don't understand. It's about them. He said, even the testimony they give, it's about them. When God uses them and they come to testify, it becomes about them. They don't understand, but subconsciously it's about them. Because remember the testimony, when I, when I laid my hands, when I, when I, the I, when I, that's why they made an iPhone, when I, and the owners of the iPhone are very eye-orientated also sometimes. And he asked me a question. He said, have you realized that all the miracle Peter did, Peter didn't write about? If you read First Peter, First Peter, Second Peter, he does not mention when he raised Dorcas. He does not mention when he went to the house of Cornelius. He does not mention, he said to the people, God is holy, therefore be holy. Walk in sanctification. That was his message. Luke took their testimony and wrote it. Even Paul did not mention once the handkerchief. He didn't mention one that he was bitten by a snake. He was, he was purpose-driven. He wanted people to know God, not to know his deeds. He wanted people to know God, not to know Paul. Because the name of Paul means nothing. You know what, what the Holy Ghost one time told me? He said, if you make people hold on to your name, you make men losers because your name means nothing. There's a one name that has been given under heaven by which you might be saved, and the name is Jesus. And if you hold on to Jesus, it will be fine. We have introduced so many things in the kingdom. We talk about the grace of our Father, the grace of this, the grace of that, the grace, the grace, the grace, the grace. And talking about that, it's not, it not wrong completely, but it's the use of it that becomes wrong. Because the, your, 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 your father in the Lord wouldn't have anything if God didn't give it to him. So when you talk about his grace, always connect to the one that gave it to him. Don't pray to his grace. Pray to the one that gave his grace. So, 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 so we have turned this thing about ourselves, becoming superheroes in the kingdom. We become arrogant and rude. We even take the liberty to curse people. Love does not insist in its own rights. It means love is not selfish. It's not irritable. It's not resentful. Some people are resentful. You did something to them, they'll resent you for all their lives. 
They will not be able to sit next to you in church anymore. They won't even look at you in church. They won't greet you because you did something wrong to them once. And they come and they are worshiping God. And they think God is giving them breakthroughs. Who told you? <laughs> it does not rejoice at the wrongdoing. People say, it's good. This thing that happened to me, it will teach me a lesson. Stop it. Because if it happened to you, you will cry. Anything that you don't want, don't wish it to anyone. Even if a person wrong you, Submit to God and give your case over to God. God is the one that takes revenge. God is the one that fights for you. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord. So when people do something to you, turn to God and say, Father, I cannot fight for myself. I cannot defend myself. I commit myself to you. My God, you are the one that avenges me. Oh. Rejoice with the truth. Rejoice with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things. You are a believer. Your role is to believe, not to believe a lie, to believe the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Hope all things, hopes all things. Hallelujah. Endures all things. You see, all things, not good things, all things. I say all, say to your neighbor, all things. Not just good things, all things. I say all things. And you enter the realm of Romans 8.28. All things works for the good of those who love God. Listen, there are some situations in your life today that, don't, that are not enjoyable. But, but the reason why you feel like God is not helping you is because you don't understand the mind of God. Because he has confined that thing, it will never destroy you. The, what God is doing, he will, he will turn that thing into a, a stone table for you to stand on and proclaim the gospel. There are things that are happening to you today. You want God to take it away. And God said, my grace is enough. For in your weaknesses, I am strong. And you know, God, the God that we are serving, will not allow Satan to destroy you. It, you hope. You endure all things. And when you're enduring, you always are careful to say, Father, do not allow the devil to put a yoke on me. In the name of Jesus, I cut everything that is of the devil. Some people here, you are going through financial situation that is very tough. And you've been praying. And you say, God, please give me a breakthrough. And the breakthrough is not coming. And today you are angry, you are frustrated, and you want to live, you, you don't know how to pray anymore. Because it feels to you that the finances are not coming. Can I submit to you that your greatest test is your greatest breakthrough? Amen. Your greatest test in life is your greatest breakthrough. Amen. And anything that is kept away from you becomes your right to access it. In matter of fact, whatever God wants to bless you with, He makes sure you are trained to use it well. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
Which father will not train you before he gives you the car keys for you to drive? Which earthly father will not tell you about the danger of a knife before he hands the knife into your hands? Why do you think your heavenly father will just give you things without the training? You say, it's taking long. I can't anymore. Mm. Oh, Lord. Help us now. Let me tell you something. I was, the Lord was showing me something. Do you know the bow? The bow that we use to shoot an arrow. Do you know it? Do you know the arrows? Do you know that a bow... The accuracy of a bow lies on the stretching of it. Yes. If you don't stretch it well, it will not be accurate. So the stretching in your life is making you accurate in the spirit. The more you are stretched, the more you can hit the target. People that are, were never stretched, the way the day trouble come upon them, they commit suicide. But we have been through it, we know. <laughs> it was there, and the Lord redeemed me. It was there, and the Lord saved me. So this time around, the Lord will save me again. I have grown to know the Lord, that's what your language shall be. Doesn't matter what comes your way, God shall be with you. Love is a proof that you belong to Jesus. You see, how many people believe that God is a father in this house? How many people believe that God is a father? Lift up your hand. I want to see. Don't lift up your hand. Do you believe God is your father? Okay, keep your hands up. Look at your neighbor. Did you lift up your hands? Huh? Do you know what it means? You are brothers and sisters because you have one father. No, you don't check what I'm saying. It means you belong to the same family because you are one father. Now, now, you know what happened? One time, my brother got a scholarship to go and study in, in Europe. We were still young. We were shouting our lungs out as we got the scholarship. But we never got it. It is him that got it. Because anything good that happens to a family is for everybody. That's the mentality the church must have. We are from the same family. It's not Baptist church. It's not AFM church. We are from the same family because we have one father. Have you realized that if you and your brother go for an exam and you pass and your brother does not pass, you cry. I'm talking about Functional families, I'm not talking about broken families. Because in broken family, you rejoice. I'm talking about a family that is in the order of what God created. Do you understand that in a family, if you lose a member, even if you are in Europe, you fly back. You, are cry- you look at that body, oh, I miss you so much. But if a neighbor dies, you cry, but you don't cry like them. You understand? So God says, you are all sons of a kingdom. So look at now your neighbor with a different eye. Say, I didn't know you are my sister. <laughs> Say, I didn't know you are my brother. <laughs> so we are one family. 
I said we are one family. We are one family. The family of God. We all belong to the same family. We have the same DNA. Yes. Yes. Therefore, from today, I will rejoice of the good that happened to my brother. I will rejoice for the good that happened to my sister. We are one family. That's what Christianity is about. To come to a place to understand that when I look at Lucian, Lucian is not different from one of the Yahoo's because now I'm in a new world. I'm a new creation in Christ. I have exerted from the roots of a Yahoo and I have come to the root of Christ. And I look at Lucian, you are also a brother of Christ. So welcome my brother, we are one. So when Lucian suffers, I cannot rejoice because my brother is suffering. But if we don't understand those principles, the kingdom becomes a competition. Me also, I want to heal the sick. What for? If you heal all your brother heals, it's the same. It's the name of a family that has been magnified. It's not your name, it's the name of a family. You know, when you bear, you bear a surname, even when your father is not there, that surname remains. So the day you pass an exam, they call that surname. Although your father, so it's the surname that is lifted. So it's the name of God that is lifted when we do good. Because it's the name of a father that is lifted. Let me give you a few scripture and then we are done. And if you understand this principle, life will be easier. Hallelujah. First John 4.20. He said, if anyone says, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. Hallelujah. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he cannot see. So love is just be patient, be kind. All this we read, it love. You must develop that and love your brother in that way. He said, you are a liar. You know how people lie in church? But I love you so much. They even cry with tissues. I love you so. But when they open their eyes, they see the brother. Get away from me. Oh, Lord. God said, You are such a liar. And the truth is not in you. First John 3 15. He said, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So, although you claim that you have eternal life, you don't have. That's why many will be surprised at the last day. Because they didn't know that we were fighting against themselves. Two people in the church, when they see each other, they ignore each other. <laughs> but you say you, are, you belong to the same father. Jesus said to them, if God was your father, you wouldn't seek to keep me. Your father is a devil. So what I'm trying to tell you is that when you ignore one another, you, God is not your father. Your father is a devil. You don't hear what I'm saying. I say your father is a devil. You need to repent and come back to the true father. 
I need to tell you the truth, otherwise I will lead you to hell. Your father is a devil if you don't love your brother. You say, but what if my brother does something that I don't like? No. There are conflicts in a family, but we solve the conflict. You say, can I work with everybody? Maybe you will not be able to work with everybody, but you have no right to hate somebody. Maybe the area of grace that God has given you in the family, because we are a different tribe, is not the same area of grace of that person. So maybe you might not be able to work together in that lane. But when you look at him, bless God for him. Masa associate with every Christian. Maybe you will not be able to associate in a certain way with everybody, but you have no right to disqualify everybody, every, anyone. Hallelujah. Amen. I know Paul and Barnabas, they split. And then the kingdom grew. But the men that they fought about, later on Paul took him back. You must know that. And Barnabas and Paul were never enemies. When they mention each other, they praise God because the two of them are doing the work of God. We're not here. In this skin and this body we have, if somebody does that to you, whoa. You will take him to your altar privately. Lord, I'm praying him. Bring that person before your altar. Father, strike him. So that he may know that I am your servant. For what? For what? For what? My God. First John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever love has been born of God and knows God. So if you sit in this ministry and you have things in your heart against somebody, you are in the wrong lane. You need to repent quickly. And let me tell you something. Frustrations will lead you to sicknesses. Bitterness will lead you to sickness and death. A life of joy and peace, give, it's a long life. Amen. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what the person has done to you, let go. Because that thing is killing you. Yeah. No, it's killing you. It's killing you. Yeah. Hallelujah, it's killing you. Yeah. Uh, it's killing you. Let go. And when you let go, there will be peace. And that peace will cause you to thrive. Because now, when you are before God, there is nothing between you and your brother and nothing between you and God. I hope you heard me this morning. I'm giving you a key. The Bible said in the book of Romans that, that, that faith works through love. So the people that walk in faith a lot walk in love. Because we understand the dimension of love. You can't pray for a sick to make your name great. You pray for a sick because you feel the pain of a sick person. You have that compassion in your heart. You don't want people to suffer that way. So you pray for them so that they can be ready. It's that faith that works for love. There are people here, your own sister, you were born in the same womb with you don't talk to. It's been long. You haven't spoken to each other. Not because you don't have time, but you said, I can't talk to her anymore. Every time we talk, we fight. Now, 
Imagine two of you are alive, you will fight. If one is dead, you will not fight. Can you go to the grave and pick up a fight? Eh? There is a graveyard in Benzlever. When you go there, can you pick up a fight? Or you go to the mortuary, you say to the guy, now. You cannot fight with a dead person. Hallelujah. You cannot fight with a dead person. And the Bible says we are dead to self. So if you are dead to self, no one can pick up a fight against you and to succeed. Because when they pick up a fight, they will realize it does not resound with you. And they will have to take their anger and throw it on somebody else. I don't like you. You say, it's too bad because I love you with the love of God. And you give me a smile. <laughs> you. It's too late. You can't do anything about it. You have to accept that I love you. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm going to make an altar call. It's, I make my altar call public, not like Nicodemus that went at night. If you are here and there is somebody you know, you are not in good terms. I'm not talking about it, it's a small disagreement, but it's carried on for long. And this thing is killing you. I want you to stand up, to take a step of faith for forgiveness today. I want you to come in front. I'm praying with you. Come. God is love and God is merciful. Can we have a, a keyboard playing? Just the music. Do you know something that unforgiveness is a hook? It hooks you and you cannot swim. Maybe what the person did to you is not good and it's not right. I'm not here to justify wrong behaviors. Maybe a person really hurts you. The person really did something that pains you, that hurts your heart. But is it worth to hold on to something that will destroy you? Come on, is it worth? So let's go. Let's go. Do you know that Jesus loves you? So he wants you to love other people too. Let's go. I don't know who did that to you. And I say, it's not right what they did. But I want to ask you to forgive on behalf of that person. Even if a person would not open his mouth. But I stand here and I said, let's go. Let's go. Because the very thing that you are holding on, that is the thing that is keeping you back. Lay it down. Hallelujah. Lay it down. And let that person know that, I have forgiven you. Even if the person responds rudely, it's not your problem anymore. You have given it over to him. Turn the burden over to him and you receive peace. So I want you to pray with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, today I come and I lay down 
the offense. I lay down the hurts. In the name of Jesus, I forgive those who hurt me. I forgive. I'm a child of God. And I want to reflect the image of my father. I'm not a child of the devil. So I cannot hold unto unforgiveness. I let go today because my father is love. I forgive in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray in your softly, say the name of a person and say, I forgive you. I for, even if a person is dead, you can still say, I forgive you. Just pray before I lay hands on you.